Hi, my name is Nate Johnson. I'm the CEO and founder of GLCS. This is the Driving Forward Podcast. Welcome to 2024, everyone. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including YouTube. Like, share, and comment. Follow GLCS on LinkedIn for major content updates on events, including conferences. Uh, right now, the conference season is a little quiet, but uh, we'll be at Manifest in February, and it looks like we have uh, some good things coming up there. You can also reach us at drivingforward at glcs.net. That's drivingforward at glcs.net. If you want to be on the show, please reach out to us there. Uh, we'd love to hear your story. Uh, we're looking for uh, anyone that, that has an amazing story in transportation and logistics. Uh, happy to, to, to chat with you. Uh, so 2023 is over. Uh, it's another year on the books. And uh, I think a lot of us that uh, have been in the industry a long time are, are not exactly unhappy to see that one go. Uh, it's It's been a rough one. Uh, some of us have done fairly well, but uh, overall the industry has been through some rough points. And uh, I think we, we have a great panel here today and are, are going to go through uh, many of the points that, uh, uh, have, that we've all kind of traveled through over the last year. And as I kind of went back and, and restudied the year, uh, some of the points throughout the year, I think we, we somewhat forgot about. And you know why it's been a tough year, there's been some amazing things that have actually happened over the last 12 months, some things that I think a lot of us forget about. So I'm, I'm real curious what our panel today are going to bring forward. Uh, I, I know I have some great points to make, make and, and on the same hand, there's been some difficult things and some some uh, real iconic items that uh, have, ooh, Trey couldn't stand to stay behind there. He had to come out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you can't keep the man down. So, uh, but uh, well, let's just get to it. Uh, let's bring out our, uh, our our first guest. What's up, Nate? All right, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. All right, we Ooh, can cut that we're off. We're having all kinds of <laughs> kinds of fun. It's on stuff. loop. That's all right, man. Hey, this is your all first. Right. Is this your first one? Or you've had a couple of these. What's what's the status this, here? I got to know. So surprisingly, so we started this in October, basically officially. I mean, so we did still some very new. stuff before that. Yes. So this is the eighth episode of Driving Forward podcast, and then we do a Tuesday trip, and I think we did seven of those. So you know, it's still fairly new. We're getting our mojo down. Oh yeah, got to work all get, the kinks out, man. Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 do get quite a few viewers for a new podcast, though. I mean, if you look back and see, that's because getting... of you. <laughs> yeah. Woo. So everyone's um, seen Nate Johnson. But, yeah, yeah. There you go. But uh, you know, we're, I I enjoy it. You know, the message mm. here is to go out and get uh, uh, educate and inform. So and and uh, I I I love it so far. So and you know, it's just power through and keep keep running and keep putting out content and keep talking. So. Well, thanks I, I appreciate you having me on board. Yeah, thank yeah. you. No, I, I, I'm glad you're on this side of it. I, I, I always watch you on the other side of it, so it's, it's great to have you on board. So, uh, 
I'm going to go to the next one. I'm hoping everybody kind of knows who you are, but I don't want to tie up five minutes chatting on trade. But at some point, we're going to have to just chat you and I on some podcast somewhere down the road. So, oh, absolutely. <clears throat> let's bring out on our let's bring out the the second uh, panelist, please. Mm-hmm. What is up, everyone? <laughs> Mr. Lindsay, how are you? Doing well, mate. How are you, my friend? Good, good. If you can tell us, uh, for those that don't know you, why don't you uh, tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, so Dan Lindsay, co-founder of Linkage Logistics, a full truckload freight brokerage. We are entering our fourth year in the industry. Uh, and a recent project, I am the founder and president of the Broker Carrier Summit. The visionary. The visionary. The, visionary. <laughs> the, man, the man with the plan. Uh, and, and and the baldest man man in logistics. Like can I can right. I quote that? And there's there's a lot of competition in that front. But. Yeah, you got a nice dome up yeah. One, of, one of the best one of the best domes in the industry, no doubt. <laughs> I think we we learned how many domes there were at the last broker carrier summit. Yes, we uh, did. Trey's, was, Trey's thing. It was a cue ball <laughs> convention. We gotta we gotta uh, figure that out. <laughs> that it was. That it was. So, all right, <clears throat> let's bring in our next panelist, please. Speaking of dumb, feel the lights go out, get my leg, give out, can't check my mouth, till the smoke clears out, and my high turn out, I'm a rip this shit, till my bone fell out, till the roof. Good walk-up songs today, good walk-up songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Mr. Bain, welcome back. It's good to be back, everybody. It's good to see y'all. It's good to see uh, a lot of friends, a lot of familiar faces on this one. Yeah, you know, I, it ended up odd. We, uh... Uh, we ended up with a lot of familiar faces, so uh, uh, that which is great, which is great. That makes this uh, this panel especially good, and I think we're we're going to have some some great feedback from it. So now, Nate, real uh, quick, speaking of domes, we have to just throw this out there that at the last broker carrier summit, Robert and I both agreed that if we get to 750 attendees, he's going to shave off that beautiful beard of his, and 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 the faux hawk is going bye bye, shaving right, off. So, right, right, goodbye. I mean. Uh, 750 let's do it folks because i don't really want to lose it but i kind of want to see what my head looks like completely bald and i think everybody else does too. yeah i think a lot of us do so yeah i think i just want to make do. sure that bane has an actual chin i haven't seen his chin in years it's been years. I have, he does have one i've seen it but it's been years superior chin uh, <laughs> superior chin so what have you been up to bane you got uh, a few things to yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we'll, we'll see the big announcement. I think for the end. Yeah, so, let's. let oh, fair enough. That's. that's uh, right. So now, so, so I'm Robert Bain. Uh, yes, the Monica Strongest Man Logistics. Uh, for those watching, feel free to share that. I uh, take on all challengers. Uh, see you all on openpowerlifting.org, and you can challenge the numbers and come and get it. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> outside of that, I've uh, been in industry for almost 20 years. A variety of operational uh, roles across both asset and non-asset. Uh, love this industry. Love the people I've met in it. Love the things that we do. Uh, my passion is the American professional driver and everything that I do around this industry is focused on them and how we make their lives better and get more money in their pockets. Perfect. All right, let's bring in our final panelist of the day. Saving the best for last year. Best for last. You guys had some pretty good walkout songs. Yep. I stole this from my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where it came from. Uh, yeah, it's fair pretty enough. Cool. Yeah, she plays softball. So. Uh, who, who is that? I didn't recognize the artist. Who is that? It's Nefix. N-E-F-X-E-X. 
It's oh. called Immortal. It's got some pretty good lyrics. It's good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. To check yeah. that out. Wow. Welcome, Jenny. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I am Jenny Malafrina, and I'm the CEO of Virago Mercury, and we solely serve the transportation and logistics space. Um, typically working with technology providers, but we've dappled with uh, some fleets and 3PLs. So anything awesome. we can do to help the industry do better. That's what we're here for. Well, thank you all for joining today. Um, this is great. I think we have a wonderful group of people here. Um, it's it's an honor to have everybody here, honestly. So this is this is great. So some of you I've known a lot longer than others. Some of you I've known for a short period of time. So this is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is this is great. Um, everybody have a good holiday season. Everybody, uh, before we kick off the, the 2023 year in review, um, anything interesting happened in December? Uh, a lot of us took some time off and took, I, I know I disappeared from social media for the most part for two weeks, which was actually really, really nice. So uh yeah. Anybody have anything they want to chat about real quick? I, I also unplugged. <laughs> yeah. I unplugged since the 23rd. Didn't didn't do anything on social media. Didn't do any emails. Uh, didn't check anything. Didn't even take my computer on the trip that we took. We took our girls to New York. Oh, wow. To go watch a couple of musicals. Didn't take, first time I've ever gone on a trip and didn't take my computer. It was weird, but it was also very refreshing, very rewarding. That's for sure. Yeah. Jenny, you said you went on a cruise? Yeah, I went to the beaches of Bahamas and um, just escaped and disconnected. No cell phone, no computer, uh, just family. I can't do the no computer thing. It just doesn't, it's not possible. You could, Nate. You could. You, <laughs> you could. Can. It's weird at first, but you could. <laughs> yeah. It, it you takes me about five days. Five days for yeah. the anxiety to wear off. And then yeah. I'm able to actually... Like, yeah. And even if you do buy Wi-Fi on a cruise ship, it's not that great. So just, you know, no, just, we'll get so frustrated yeah. just close it anyways. Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Yeah, my my <clears throat> wife does that whenever we travel. We, she intentionally picks places with absolutely deplorable Wi-Fi so that I can't, I have to not be able to work. <laughs> smart. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. Don't yes. let her talk to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and I were low key. We uh, we stayed local. We literally went to a hotel for the night before Christmas Eve and played at played at Dave and Buster's all night. Low it. It's a nice little staycation between her and I. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much. We stayed uh, we stayed in town and and uh, had a quiet couple of weeks. So really, it was it was nice and and uh, refreshing. I think is the best thing. So the last three months have been wild and crazy. And uh, I think I'm preparing myself for the next three months to be wild and crazy. So uh, so with that being said, yeah. uh, why don't we kick off our, our 2023 year in review? So, um, so I'm gonna kind of do this round robin style. And we're gonna go starting since it laid out this way, we'll just start with Trey and kind of move around. We'll start with one topic and just kind of roll around and as it ends we'll move on to the next one so sure. just kind of kick it off with trey and throw the first topic on the table trey all right well 2023 was the first year that we were really i think fully out of covid and so trade shows really came back in full force but i think what companies did was they reevaluated their strategy for trade shows which they hadn't done in a long time 
And I think that that was refreshing because I think so for so long it had been that you have to go to trade shows, you have to go to trade shows, you have to exhibit at trade shows, you have to sponsor at trade shows. And I don't think that that's actually the best approach for every company that goes. I think some companies need to just attend and walk around and meet people. Some people who are really trying to get brand recognition need to sponsor events and be really specific about what events they sponsor. People that have really great products um, that they want to show off, they should exhibit, but it shouldn't be a one size fits all. And I think that 2021 and 2022 allowed companies to reassess what they were going to do with their trade show dollars and how to spend those a little bit differently. Also, we saw new trade shows enter the space, which gave kind of a fresh um, a, you know, take on where are we going to go? Where are we going to spend some of our dollars? I know that TMSA started Elevate in 2022. First time, it wasn't the first time they've had that, but first time with Jennifer Carpenter Romaine leading that. Uh, that was kind of a, a, a trial run. 2020 went really, really well down in Savannah. That one went really well. Obviously, the Broker Carrier Summit is a brand new event. That one's going really well. Rommel Watley has Freight Fest now. That's a good event, bringing some new entrants and different uh, demographics into the space as well. So we started to see not only different trade shows entering the space, but I really believe people and companies intentionally deciding what they were going to do with their trade show dollars. And again, that's really refreshing to me. Uh, we've tried to put a real emphasis on swag. Like, what are you going to take to those shows? What are you going to do? You know, bad swag is not good. It's better to have no swag right. than bad swag. And I always tell people good swag travels. If you have something really good to hand out, people will use it. They'll tell people about it and your brand will continue to grow. And it says something about your brand, the swag you give away. So my my topic is trade shows. I think trade shows got a little bit of a facelift and I, I was really excited to see that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, they're definitely different. So they're, and I think everyone's, everyone kind of pivoted a little, uh, it's not, I know we look at them differently. We don't want to just go to a trade show in the same manner or participate in the trade show in the same manner. So I think we're, we're looking at them differently. I like what you said on swag that that's certainly our, our position as well. I, I actually dislike swag, swag in general, unless you're going to give something away that has meaning. So, uh, I, I, pens you know i mean how many pens do you have which pens are are universal but having a good piece of swag is is so important i mean if it's going to be a what pen make people? it a pen people want to write with you know like right nice pen feels good in their hands because you need a good pen but a lot of times they they really suck i always tell people that there's three criteria if it's well designed if it's functional um and if it's high quality you hit those three your swag is good so this one's just kind of silly but it lights up go ahead jenny I got to vote for socks. They are by far the best swag gift. Like everybody wears socks. They got your brand on them. Like super functional, usable, reusable, and branded. And they're fun. So like I just got a pair of socks that had like owls on them because it was the brand for, you know, that company. But I think that one's, those ones definitely stick around. My my drawer's full of them. All right. So I'm, I'm going to show up. And it, it takes gonna... away the objection that one guy that shows up to the conference without shoes on or without socks on. He has, they have no reason to not put we socks got a solution. On. I, I'm not yes. going to bring up the story, Bane. I'm not going to bring up the story. No. <laughs> so so let, me give you, let me give you an example. This is from uh, my friends over at Lean Solutions. They gave this away at the Mastermind event three years ago. And it is, um, it's a traveling case that you can take to put like uh, toiletries in. I actually use it for, for cords, cables, because I do a lot of traveling. So everything is neatly organized. And I take this literally everywhere that I go. I mean, this thing travels like crazy. So again, you find a good piece of uh, a good quality item with a good design, it's functional, it'll travel. So 
So I'll, yeah. I'll see that. I love the socks. I actually still use that Lean Solutions bag as well. That's why I chose your bag. Same. Giotis gave away the soccer style scarves. Oh, cool. This this is one of the coolest. That's dope. Yeah, that's I like legit. that. I don't that wear cool. scarves. I will wear this when I'm walking. <laughs> see, here's the here's the real qualifier. Would you take that with you on vacation, Bane? I think the answer is yes. You would. If, right? if somebody if somebody will take yeah if somebody will take your swag on vacation, you've knocked it out of the park. Hundred percent. Right. Well, we just moved position there, but uh, I guess Bane, you're up next. Yeah. So I mean, you, you can't talk about 23 and not talk about the the major exits in in the marketplace when it comes to uh, 3PLs, when it comes to carriers. You know, we saw people talked about it a lot in early 23, and we started to see it a lot towards the second half was kind of the culling of uh, of capacity and of, of players in the space. Convoy, obviously huge, made a lot of headlines. You have Meadowlark, you've got uh, Matheson, who, you know, Matheson was big when it came to, uh, like, the, as a mail carrier. Yeah, and so that yeah. forced the post office to pivot, right? And so big ripple effects across all these things. Yellow. I, think, <laughs> I mean, that's right. Like, a lot of them. Huge. And, and you look at, you know, from, from Convoy's perspective, for two, three years, there was a talk of who's going to win Uber, Freight, or Convoy, right? Very similar offerings, uh, tech platforms, and, you know, very well-funded. And ultimately, what I think this comes down to is you have to look at your operation as something more than just getting to the next funding event. They're actual businesses. They're not nonprofits. And so uh, I think that's that's very telling. The other thing that we're seeing, too, is you're seeing uh, the financial markets around transportation kind of uh, pinch up. And that's going to be interesting because they're learning the lessons, too. You've seen VC money. You've seen uh, PE money has kind of tightened up. And so it's going to be a very different landscape coming into 24 and 25 uh, based on these lessons we've learned across, uh, you know, post-pandemic logistics and transportation. Is VC and transportation still kind of a new phenomenon? I feel like 2015, 2016, we started to see some entrants come into the, into play, but is that, is that an accurate statement? Cause if so, it makes sense that we're learning lessons. This is the first cycle that happened or is this just, you know, them not learning a lesson? Well, I think it's, Oh, go ahead. Bing. I feel fairly strong on this one because, uh, you know, you watch a VC firm, I don't care what they're looking at. If there's an opportunity for solid ROI, they're going to look for something. doesn't matter if it's transportation, if it's, you know, widgets, if it's tiddlywinks, if they can make a solid ROI, they're going to look at it. And, but to your point, Trey, the, the big lesson learned is no longer if you just use the terms AI and tech enabled and machine learning, do you suddenly get $50 million thrown at you. Because in 15, 16, 17, that's really what was going on. And you see uh, the results of some of that. Some businesses evolved and grew. I think a good example of that is uh, Turbo and Zengistics, who split apart. They were they were a combined entity. And and they started to make some moves. Uh, they're not perfect, but they started to make moves. Whereas maybe some other ones that were in a similar boat that were a next-generation TMS. I won't name the names, but they know who they are. Uh, you know, got some solid investment, but really have never, have never moved forward. And so... Again, these are the, some of the lessons that are being learned for sure. Uh, that you have to go below the the sales deck uh, that you get during the pitch, right? Largely, venture capitalists right now. I, I think the money is more expensive. So when you can get cash at two percent and you can get a return at ten percent or larger, uh, you're going to see them putting money down because they have access to deeper pockets than anyone else that has a great idea 
So largely we see them recoiling because the cash is too expensive for them to get their, their hands on right now, or they're being more cautious about where they're putting that, that cash. So to, to that point, you're right, Bain, in the fact that if somebody has a great idea, it's still on the table, but the, the, the cost of that idea is going to be much higher to the founder right now than what it would have been in 2016, 17, even through 2020. Uh, you know, it's not an ideal position to be out there moving those those VC options through your 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 company if you don't have to. I mean, obviously, if you're looking to grow quickly, uh, that's probably your only alternative is VCP. But uh, uh, I, I largely think it's because of the cost of the cash. Yeah, the bets just have to be a little bit safer. They can't be quite as risky as they were when cash was so cheap. Absolutely. Right. And one thing I'd say is a, is a word of just to go in eyes wide open when it comes to PE is, you know, PE money is going to be very different than VC. They're going to be looking at a much shorter timeline on their ROI. And so that is going to come from uh, headcount right sizing. You can read that however you want to. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it, call it what it is, right? I mean, Anybody who's been around a PE firm knows that those types of things happen. That's not bad. That is somebody who has not put money in your businesses. I expect a certain return on that. And I'm going to get that whether you agree with my methodology or not. That's part of the agreement. And so, again, that's something for people going eyes wide open. These things are, it's not free money. It's not a free ride. Like people kind of envisioned, and I'll, I'll shake the stick at Uber for a little bit because people watch that journey of, you know, Travis Kalanick is drunk in front of the Eiffel Tower to 10 years later, and they are the darling of everything. And it seemed like the money was just free. Well, no, it's not. This is other people's money that's coming into your business. And there are strings attached to it. And so you come back to, you know, all these different companies that that failed in 23. Well, they didn't certainly look at their end of the bargain, whether that was bank money, PE, VC, whomever it was. Yep. Yep. I give my daughter, daughter 20 bucks for a field trip. I expect her to buy lunch with it, you know, and something, something wise, you know, I got a say in it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. All right, Mr. Lindsay. <clears throat> yeah. So 2023, if I, if I could coin a, uh, I'm going to coin something here. So if there's three words that I could use to sum up 2023, it's pivots, players, and posers. Uh, <laughs> wow. Alliteration too. I like it. Yeah. Southern Baptist yeah. preacher in the house today. What's up? <laughs> Amen. Let's go. Hallelujah. Uh, no, pivots, players, and posers. So if you're in the transportation space and you have not pivoted at least half a dozen times, I have no idea what the hell you're doing uh, right. in 2023 because it was a year of just figuring things out and trying whatever you could try to work to, to make it through 2023, uh, especially if you're a smaller, newer company. Um, pivoting was essential, and you had to be willing to do so. We saw examples of of this in the industry where companies did not pivot and they 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 failed as a result of it look at surge transportation yeah. that that was one of the reasons right. that they noted as to why they did not survive 2023 was because they did not pivot quickly enough or efficiently enough so you had to pivot uh players i think at the end of 2023 this first quarter of 24 we're going to find out who the actual dogs in the industry are uh and who the ones were that that were just trying to to i don't know pull the wool over somebody's eyes or, or, or make it make it a year or two and, and try and figure it out as they went 
Um, because if you survive 2023 and you're able to actually grow into 2024, you're an actual player in the industry and you need to be paying attention to. Um, and then posers, I think the fraudsters and the scammers and all the all the, the BS artists that have uh, caused so much havoc over the last, you know, however many years, that really came into the into the forefront uh, in 2022 and 2023. There's an epidemic of fraud uh, that I think was uh, had more dire effects on the industry than COVID did uh, and more long term effects. But in that uh, you also I, I'm reminded of the, the quote from Plato. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, mm-hmm. We had companies enter the space to combat fraud, to combat double brokering. And a lot of different ideas and new ideas were thrown around and people put those ideas to paper. And we have, a, a I think, a more robust um, compliance space now in the industry than we did uh, 12 months ago. So that was, I think, something that was a net positive for the industry. That was Plato that said that? Man, I've been giving my dad too much credit. He said that all the time growing up. He had no idea. Uh, yeah. didn't, didn't know he knew anything about compliance. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think I, nonconformity was his deal, but, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, no, I, I I agree. I think the the stem of the compliance side, I used to question, you know, the fraudulent activity and are we actually, by creating more tools to combat fraud, are we actually creating more fraud? Um, you know, sort of, a, I think there's a term for it, but I, it's escaping me at the moment. But you have to get more creative. As, to, to yeah, well, you're having fraud. to get more creative. <laughs> yeah. and, and because they're becoming more creative, more people are getting interested in it. And so that creates more, more people creating fraud. So, But also, um, if you're getting people more, are they simplifying more fraud that was already there? True, and and we don't know the answer to that. And I've been in trucking almost thirty years, and you know, du- double brokering has been uh, a thing forever. And we didn't know that it was happening twenty years ago, but we would get paid, you know. So the question is: is was it happening to the same amount that it's happening today, or has it escalated? Nobody can answer that question. That's a yeah. that's a question that can't be answered. But what to, to Dan's point? You know, as we've been studying and, and getting closer to these compliance tools that are out there, there is some infrastructure that builds off of that that creates very interesting possibilities moving forward that are really cool. And we can't necessarily speak about that entirely yet, but it it can, you know, I, I call it the industry revolution. Uh, and it started potentially this year, but you look at, at people like, read loused a lot you look at uh, the driver side of the industry and you look at the uh, compliance side of the industry and you look at the companies and the way that they're changing their, their pivots um compliance side is certainly a part of that and how it's all kind of coming together in some fashion um it's uh uh certainly a, a, a interesting evolution there so. And Reed's killing it out there, by the way. Have you guys looked at the Freight Gong leaderboard yet? Uh, so much, so much fun having some of that content in there just to make it a little bit light, but also doing some good yeah. things around lost freight as well. Can I say one thing about surge transportation? I had that on my list as well, Dan. And you know, the reason why I did that was that's the first time that someone I knew went through that mm. that went down. Mm. Like like before, I'd you read about it, I didn't know anybody over there. I didn't know those people. Like I've I've known Omar for a long time. It was the first time that it, it happened where I, I knew the person and and had a different level of of uh, sympathy 
for them. Yeah. Um, because I can only imagine how difficult that, that was. And then, you know, with Convoy going out, I had a lot of good friends at Convoy. You know, Brooks McMahon over there, Dan Lewis, who I'd had on my show before, um, and and several others, Peter Jass and, and and a lot of people over there that I really knew that were going through that. And that was that was that was hard. This is the first year that I've I've known people who have gone through that. I mean, even with Yellow, I knew people at their brokerage, Ryan Mize and others that were there that um had to you know had to find a new landing spot and just knowing that that knowing these people knowing their families that's it's so hard that was hard for me to to see that this year yeah no it's it's that to, to that point trey you know and I, I think i spoke about this on tuesday during my tuesday trip you know these things are hard and there's a lot of that's the one thing I did. So I didn't disappear from social media on uh, over two weeks. I still watched and I saw a lot of negative posts. And that's part of the reason why I didn't comment. But, you know, I've been in that spot myself. I, I, I this is my fourth company that I've started and I'm four, I'm three out of four. One of them blew up. So, and I've been in that spot and it's not fun, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Everyone, everyone can get through it. You know, it's, it's, not fun and it's important to remain nimble it's important to pivot to dan's point it's important to understand what the landscape looks like and and there is ways to get through it you become stronger it's one of the reasons why i talk about about uh uh failure acceptance and 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 that you can get better through you know failure so you, you can't fail all the time 100 percent, but you you are going to make some mistakes and you got to learn from Jenny, you're up. Yeah, I guess mine is along the same lines. Um, I think, you know, when COVID hit, and are, are we through COVID? Are we past that? Like, is that behind us now? <laughs> I don't um, know. Yeah. I don't what, know. What's COVID? What is, yeah. Are we still know. talking about that? So, within the last few years, um, I think we saw the, you know, the great resignation where everybody kind of stepped out of their roles and retired. And then we saw like the great hire where people were getting hired across the country. And then you're competing with California, you know, um, uh, wages and things like that and living in the Midwest. So it was really hard to get really good talent. But then I think you saw a lot of people come in that had these like over promise, like I could do these things. I can achieve these goals. I can reach these sales. I can develop this product. I can design this product, whatever. And then it didn't happen. And we've seen like the great fire. So what I've seen in 2023 was a lot of different talent, um, like a, a change in talent, I guess I would say, because I'm working with some companies that don't have industry information or like insight so it's like oh we know we need to sell this product but we don't know who it serves and we don't know who to sell it to and i'm like oh <laughs> all right this sounds like like a, like yeah, a fun challenge i mean an opportunity yeah we could definitely help them but it's just it's really interesting how much changeover has happened in the industry in 2023 bringing in people from different industries into the industry and even walking freight waves talking to people you could just tell there was a lot of kind of new grassroots sales people that really didn't know the product couldn't couldn't speak to it so um i think we need some education continuity i guess that's a good point because people are homogenous. You know, like we know who our people are. I mean, I'm, I'm a basketball player and a golfer by nature. I know people that, that played. When I, they start talking about basketball, I know they played 
you know, in high school or college. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell who's, who's, who's a part of the game. Sure. I think it's the same thing in this industry as well. You can just tell when people haven't sat one day, you know, moving a load or, 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 or you know, booking a truck, whatever it is. So, so, so I'll, yeah. I'll see that train. I'll, I'll raise this, that part of the, the, one of the challenges with that is I agree hundred percent there, there is an onboarding into the industry issue. So not just like your, the individual organizations that we talk to, but like bringing someone into the industry, we have a problem with this. Yeah. Because, you know, do do we know it's a meat grinder? Yeah, we all know that. Like, we know that people get churned up every single year, right? And, but how, how did how did we all stick it out? I mean, Nate, you've been in the industry for 30 years. At some point, someone said, hey, man, like, you, you got a little something? I'm going to show you a little something. Dan, same thing. Trey, same thing. I had people that did that. And, and Jenny, you've had people that do that across multiple industries, marketing, and they get into the space as well. So very specific niche. So multiple people have had to do that for us. To me, those of us that believe that we're leaders in the space, it's on us to address that issue head on. I love that you call it out, Jenny, and figure out how do we onboard people to the industry better? Yeah. How do you get people educated on what, what, what are the, the tech uh, players out there? Who are the major players that you need to be aware of? Like, I didn't know who CH was for my first five years in the industry. And I feel stupid saying that, but like, I, I just didn't know. And so, because I, I had no reason to know, and no one show me even where to go to find it. So, I think that's a huge thing is like, sure, you're right. They, there's a difference in somebody who's slung free before and somebody who hasn't. But it's also on us to get people a little more acclimated to it because there is incredible talent out there that gets wasted because we don't bring them on the right way. Yeah. We're starting well, to see some people help out so, with that. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. The industry is so fragmented, too. That's one of the biggest problems because you can't, you can't have a, a partnership driven industry, which is what logistics is supposed to be. You can't have a partnership driven industry where, Nobody knows who anyone else is, and you have you have the the I'll dial in on conferences, uh, self self uh, shameless plug here. Um, but um, you have the broker conferences, you have TIA, you have the the trucking conferences, you have Mid America Truck Show, and 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 you have people who are siloed within their own segments of the industry, and you don't have a lot of opportunities to cross pollinate those conversations. That's actually one of the driving reasons. And, and Bane, you and I talked about this at, at that steakhouse in San Diego three, three years ago uh, over some lobster mac. Uh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> uh, but that's one of the issues with the industry is that, is that nobody has created an opportunity, it seems, to bring people into the industry in a way that sets them up for success. Most of the people that come to, that came to the summit last year were in their first five years of, of business in in transportation. And that's one of the reasons why they came is because they wanted to find out who to do business with, who to not do business with. Um, so that's a huge point. I think you're right on that. Nobody has created it until now. Until now. <laughs> until now. What of a kind. Until now. <clears throat> yeah. No, I agree. With that, why don't we run the uh, the quick ad for the broker carrier? So. Let's do it. Oh, man, that makes me want to get back it. at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kansas City will be a long way. 
that Saunders panel was that was nice. That was a good shot. I like that. That went a lot. That was a good panel. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a lot Very of people nice. that made that really successful. You know, and I'm excited about that. More of those people are going to be on stage. More of those people are going to be <clears> helping <throat> out. So um, really yeah. excited about that. About who's going to show up in Kansas City, keep the momentum going seeing these partnerships continue to mature between brokers and carriers and have those mm -hmm. conversations. And to go on that point as well, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Freight Vaughn and to Don Everhart. They have a new website called freighttechtoday.com. And that's a place where you can see all the tech providers and a lot of the real players in the space. Robert, as you talked about earlier, as well as a calendar of all the industry events. They've got one. And then uh, Michelle LeBlanc over at uh, Drop and Hook also has an industry-wide uh, event calendar. So thankful to people who are you know, making those things. Yeah, available. one of those too. So does Jenny. So does yeah. Jen. Jenny. Beautiful. Jenny's off. got one as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, yeah, well, and we're, so we're looking forward to a lot on, more conversations as well. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to make another point. Uh, a group that I'm, I'm working with. It's part of the Minnesota Trucking Association. It's drivethedifferencemn.com. is largely about bringing people into the industry, whether it's their first career or their second career choice, because lots of times we find that people in the industry uh, are, are coming, you know, not necessarily, the, the pathway into the transportation industry is not great to come out of high school or college and come directly into logistics. Most of the time you're going somewhere else and then you're coming here. Uh, I know I did, well, technically I didn't, but I sort of did. So everybody has sort of a path that, that leads to transportation and it's not always directly through school. Uh, you know, and it's definitely not drivers. Drivers don't leave high school or college and, and mm. go drive a truck. There's always a different path to that. So drive the difference mn.com uh, is a, uh, a a website that's that's kind of driving uh, or, or designed around uh, engaging folks both on the the driver mechanic side and in the office as well and, and we're working with them to um, provide better insight to the, the office staff um, in support of there's lots of people that understand how you know mechanics and drivers those are are certainly roles that I think everyone's trying to hire people for, but the office staff and, and, and building those roles and, and enticing people to come into the industry and, and understanding what, what the training and everything looks like around that. Um, I think drivethedifferencemn.com is, is doing a good job there. Um, so with my topic, at least my first topic, and then we'll do another round, um, I'm going to throw it out there as much as everybody always poo-poos it, uh, generative AI. Um, I think that, you know, Chat GPT alone has 100 million users on a weekly basis. And every one of us here probably has used it. And most of us are probably using it on a weekly basis. I use it on a daily basis. I do not have it write my stuff for me, but I do have it give me ideas and I do ask it questions and I do have all kinds of tools that I use then. And I did not have it at all in 2022. Uh, it did not, it was not involved in my life in any way, shape or form in 2022. It is now involved in my daily life in 2023 and 2024. And as much as, you know, at F3, everybody on, during the rapid fire demos were saying, uh, I'm not going to say generative AI and I'm not going to do this. Generative AI is a future of where we are going. And it is it is going to be involved in, in virtually every solution five years from now. 
and it is impacting you know us being a technology company even though i've been in transportation 30 years and i've run trucking companies etc cetera, etc cetera. glcs is a, a a technology company a lot of what we are looking at on our five-year plan has to do with how ai is going to impact it and, and it's not machine learning uh it is generative AI that's going to have that that impact. So it's going to be how it can clean data, how it can automate uh, tedious tasks, how it, how it can look at conversational data and, and mine through it and produce and change roles. So I think, to be honest with you, I even state that that had the largest impact in a positive manner across the entire industry. If we look back 10 years from now, um, AI, not only in the transportation industry, I think in the industry, in the entire economy, AI, this is sort of a, a cell phone level impact. So, uh, thoughts on that? All I'll say about AI, you know, like we've all seen Terminator, right? We all know how it goes. Man, everybody has to go there. Because <laughs> yeah, we all die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody always has to go there. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, think I love it. Oh, I was just going to say, I love it. I use it for brainstorming. It's great for like getting something on, like getting something on the paper to start with. But the fact of the matter is it's not there yet in terms of like adding your brand tone and your values and um, depth. Like we're still lacking depth and like perception of the brand, right? So if the company wanted to take a stance, it really doesn't do that. The other thing you have to be careful of is everything you give to the machine is now free information to everybody else. So be careful what numbers you're putting in and what information you're sharing with it, because now that's now that's shared with everyone. Um, the other the other thing, you know, we do an industry report, and I asked ChatGPT, I was like, hey, what are some some marketing trends going into 2024, just to see what it would say. And it, be, it said, my data it only goes to 2022. And I was like, oh, well, that's right. not helpful. <laughs> that's not, yeah. helpful. I can't do anything with that. So it, it's not quite there yet, but it's definitely in progression. And, uh, you know, termination time is coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I think uh, for ideation and, and creativity, it's really helpful because, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty creative person, but some days you wake up and you just got nothing, right? And you need to have, you need to find something, maybe a title to something or whatever. So I like to use it just from a brainstorming perspective on you know, creative ideas that maybe I'm just not coming up with. Or um, I'll give you an example. One of the things that we're doing at the uh, Broker Carrier Summit is we're putting on a new golf tournament, like an all new event. Because right, these, these four person scrambles, they suck. Nobody likes them. Everybody's cheating. You know, it's, you're, you're paying three people all day. Like nobody likes the winner. They all know they cheated their asses off. So we're creating a new event. And so it's going to be a two-person event. It's going to be really fun. But I was trying to come up with a name for it. And so I had a couple ideas. I'd asked some friends in the industry, hey, what would be a good idea for a name? And then I used ChatGPT to say, hey, give me 25 possible names for a golf tournament. And it came up with a bunch of them. And so it just helped me start to think and get creative and maybe see something I wasn't thinking of that led to something else. And, you know, in the matter of... 15 minutes, we had a name that we love where I think in the past it might've taken a lot longer. So right. I like it for ideation and just creation, just getting things started, putting things in your brain that maybe you're not thinking about and triggering some other ideas, some other thoughts. It's really helpful for that. 
Yeah, I heard you can use it for like building reports and stuff. Have you used it for that yet? I have. I'm not like created any. I have not. No. I, no, I've I've almost only used it for ideation purposes. Yeah. I've had it do routing for trucking. I've had it give me fuel stop locations. I've had it do reporting. I've done all kinds. I've actually written a blog about that, and I did the screenshots of everything that I did. Uh, I've taken it pretty deep on what I can do without actually tying it into some actual database, uh, uh, some of our own data itself. But I, I try all kinds of different things to it. And then one, as far as reporting, um, and I, I'm going to throw this one out there because I keep digging into it, but Conversite is the one that was at, uh, is the company that, that did a seven-minute demo at uh, uh, F3, and they, they're using generative AI on top of a BI platform. And you can use like a Twitter-like feed that will produce uh, in, a, in a conversational way. So show me my revenue, show me this, show me that, and it will produce the reporting. And, and uh, I'm seeing some good things from them. I've not seen another platform use generative AI on top of a BI platform uh, yet. So, and I have not implemented Conversite anywhere yet, but I think we'll be talking a lot more with them in 2024. So- The visual stuff you could do with um, AI is really cool too, like on Midjourney and Discord. Um, you just tell it whatever image you you want it to make, and it just makes it. And it's like you have a cow playing soccer in a in a city. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's taking over Twitter. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that I care much for that aspect of what it does. Some of those things are pretty goofy. But I am looking forward to the day that I say, "Hey, I'm going to manifest uh, in February, and I'm going to broker carry some in April. Book my flights, my hotel, just like just yeah. almost like just have it." do everything based upon preferences that I like, kind of a virtual AI assistant. I'm excited for those days where it's really that simple and it works. You know, those things are coming. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, oh. I, said, I said in the group chat, Chad GPT, Judgment Day. It, it is upon us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you spell judgment right? Is it with an E or without an E, judgment? Uh, I, I'm gonna have to judge, I'm gonna have to judge your And so when judgment. you're wrong, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking judging you might have the spelled. grammer. Yeah. 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 I'm saying we'll, we'll leave it up to Judge Trey. Uh, step outside and right. solve this. All right, Trey, <laughs> let's uh, let's go another round. We got another 15 minutes or so left here. So, all right, so I got a couple of things on my list, but I'll just stick to one um, that I think is is pretty interesting. Moving into 2024, something we saw in 2023 was the shift in um, in in where our our goods are coming from. We saw a huge explosion in Mexico as a trade partner. Now, some of those things might be from Asia coming in through Mexico. So we'll have to check on, on that type of stuff. But Mexico as a trade partner, I think is really fascinating because it allows us to have, I think, a little bit more control to get things a little bit faster and also to depend on China less, which I think that, man, we we have, as a country, we've just gotten so dependent on China. It's, it's crazy how much of our livelihood is dependent upon that country, which we don't seem to be very friendly with diplomatically. So um, I think it's a good shift. We'll see if it continues, but you can't ignore that shift in terms of where goods are coming from. I think the the issue with cargo containers not getting there, now the issue with piracy uh, and cargo ships not getting there, I think it's going to continue to push manufacturers to think of other alternatives like Mexico and like some other trade partners that will allow them to not be disrupted like we saw in 2021 and 2022. I think the yeah, a lot. Right. Uh, you know, Mexico is a trade partner is important for, if nothing else, just supply chain resiliency. You mentioned already trade with piracy, with 
uh, lack of deliveries, with lack of uh, resources. And then when you had 2020 come around, you got entire sections, of our, one of our major industrial partners shut down. Uh, you know, that, that created a lot of strife, you know, throughout the North American supply chain. It's a problem, so, yeah. Is a huge issue, right? How, how often did we see for 24 months supply chain issues, right? And so now as we, as we move forward, so it's going to be part, partially supply chain uh, resiliency, but also look at speed to market. Also, a lot of this stuff comes down to that Amazon effect. You know, we're, we're all used to, you order something for, for your home, and from the moment you order it until it's at your door, you're basically tracking the whole thing. Well, it's significantly easier to do that when it's, you know, 2,200 miles away in Mexico or in, in Guadalajara or, or in Tijuana, wherever, versus it's going to start in Hong Kong, and then eventually, three months later, it'll make it way to the port of LA, maybe it doesn't. So again, you just have the, this visibility piece that's going to be very, very important, and it's the, the flattening of the earth, so to speak, uh, when it comes to our supply chain. Yeah. Well, to that point as well, I think the the interconnected nature of uh, the marketplaces that we're in right now, the global marketplace, the geopolitical landscape in 2024 is going to have a larger effect, I think, on domestic transportation and logistics than it has in recent in, in recent memory. Not that geopolitics hasn't had an impact on uh, supply chain and logistics, it always has, but I think that the interdependency that we that the United States has on countries like China, if if China decides to start saber rattling with, with the US over, I don't know, say Taiwan, um, that exaggerates right. inefficiencies and, and problems that we're going to have. If the pirates in the Red Sea um, <clears throat> step up their their efforts and, and the, the US, you know, does Is not continue to Pirates. What's that? Is that the new Disney sequel Pirates of the Red Sea? I think I think Johnny Depp's actually cast for that one already. So <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> so if he's if he's out of court, um, but uh, yeah. So if, if that uh, if that continues to to grow and and people start seeing and companies start seeing that their freight is at higher risk overseas, that will do nothing but drive prices up. Um, and so I, and depending on what happens in Israel and the Middle East, I mean, the oil yeah. oil prices and everything everything is connected now. And so I think we really need to watch the geopolitical scene uh, and ask ourselves, how is how is the domestic market going to react to the events that we're seeing? I, you know, to add to that, the Mexico side, we saw the largest rail merger in recent history between Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern. And that has increased Chicago to Laredo rail traffic by 14 trains a day. I think it's actually higher than that now. Um, but we don't have a lot, as a nation, we don't have a lot of north-south uh, rail lines. And we saw that that was a str extremely strategic purchase, or, or actually it was a, a merger. But I think we're going to see more of that happen as we do more business with with Mexico, because there's not a lot of infrastructure there from a, a railhead standpoint. There's also not a lot of intermodal that can happen there as well right now. So at least in a, in a high volume, currently you look at the infrastructure between LA and Chicago, between New Jersey and Chicago, and there's tons, tons of availability there, but you know, you have some from Houston to Chicago, but not a lot from the border. Um, not a lot at all. So that, that I think we'll see double down here more and more. So Mr. Bain, you have a few more things. Otherwise we'll, uh, we'll probably, unless somebody has some, anybody have anything extremely important they want to talk about? With, with 
That was a fun time. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know about I, important, but we saw people in the tram station space go to jail. That was interesting, or at least get indicted. Yeah. 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 I feel like we're really part of the world now. Yeah. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. You can you can get in trouble. So. And, and, and is, so. is that is that new though? I mean, I don't think transportation people going to jail is anything new. Well, I think it, the fact that we know about it is now that it's covered, yeah, you know, freight waves other places. I mean, now, now, now it's on. Now it's on the news. I mean, it actually made like headlines with CNN and some other news outlets. So I mean, it's kind of gone mainstream. You know, uh, transportation crime has gone mainstream. How about that? <laughs> we yeah, exist. Now. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, I think ever since COVID, people are starting to pay attention to what what transportation is doing now. All of a sudden, so for some reason. Since you know transportation is now the hero of the U.S. throughout COVID, now people are paying attention to it, and I think with with EVs and, and autonomous vehicles and all of these are interesting subjects. Somehow, we're now a topic of conversation. So, well, isn't that also uh, process? Like they, I mean, does peak season stop and start anymore? Like, did we ever uh, start or stop that yeah. in twenty twenty three? And then reverse logistics has been a complete nightmare. But as a consumer, like I can go to Kohl's and return my Amazon now. Like that was new for 2023. So there's been some some new channels um, for that. But it's also wreaking havoc on the industry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I I agree. Uh, I made the analogy of where logistics is at right now. It's kind of like wrestling in the 80s. Where like, a lot of people knew about it. It was kind of like popular but also it was still pretty subculture but then when that kind of attitude era hit and it was like everybody in middle school was all doing the dx stuff i feel like that's what we're getting to soon is uh is that era of logistics you just gave me an idea for the fall summit bane i'm gonna keep that to my to myself <laughs> yeah. for right now but... oh, i don't even want to know where your head went there instead of, I, instead of a golf on it <laughs> Instead of a golf outing, we're going to do some sort of wrestling event. I don't know. So, oh God, it's 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 yeah. yeah. Nate, the last thing I'd say is this. I think in 2023, we saw a huge rise in the industry in automation platforms and companies that are focusing on that. So not just AI, but just automation in general. Um, sure. I think finding great workers at a great price got really difficult. Uh, companies started to realize that the more they could automate, the better. So I think it accelerated that. And we, you know, in 2022, the only company that I knew about that was really doing a lot of work in that was AVRL with Ted Olson. Right. Um, a little bit, yeah. HubTech had done a little bit with Tabby, but it was still, they were still trying to kind of figure it out uh, with, with all of that. And there really weren't a lot of other players in the space doing much with automation. Now we have Tabby Connect along with AVRL, who's coming up with some new products that are going to serve right. the whole market, which is cool. You have Bitfreighter doing a lot of work on automation. You got Speed to Quote that's doing some automation work. You're seeing more players kind of get into that space. And uh, that's one of the things that um, that I just noticed was this acceleration and the desire to automate as much as possible. And it's almost comical in a way because it still isn't eliminating a lot of jobs yet. Maybe it will. But it, we're just we're just playing with it. We're like we're like a bunch of you know preschoolers trying to figure this thing out. We're just playing with it, but we're all in the sandbox now trying to see how that can how that can go a lot better for all of us. Our our, our company included. We talk about that a lot. How can we scale to a million and a half in revenue this year? That's one of our, our big goals without substantially adding to our team because we like our team. We like the group that we right. have. We don't really want to add a bunch of people unnecessarily. How can technology help us with that? How can we become leaner? more efficient. I think everybody started to ask that question more in 2022. And in 2023, you started to see some technology start to catch up with that. Yeah, we see the automation side everywhere. And 
something I typically tell our customers is you don't typically end up reducing your headcount. You may want to, but typically, unless you're in a scenario where you have to downsize uh, due to a loss of, of business, you, you're typically not not downsizing, and, and that's a human choice in many cases. Uh, it's you know the the technology doesn't necessarily replace people; it enhances them. And, you know, it's no different than the technology in the trucks today. It, it creates a better driver. In the case of automation, uh, it creates a better customer service rep. It, it creates them the more responsive. This is a people industry. And I think over the last 10 years, uh, we, we've somehow deviated away from that. And, you know, in a lot of ways, our relationships have not become as strong. We've somehow went the, the automation route and, and forgot to, to, to build relationships with, with people. We started interacting via email and only email. Uh, we don't make phone calls. We don't, uh, we don't talk to our customers. We don't knock on doors. Um, so, you know, to that point, the automation side should allow us to do things and create those relationships again. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes because I, I see the same thing. There's lots of companies, you know, companies that were not doing automation before are doing automation. We see that with Parade. We see that with with uh, yeah. uh, Highway. With with kind of er everybody that was doing some form of something is is tapping on automation in some fashion. All right, if you guys want to hang on for one second, uh, I'm going to run through kind of what GLCS is up to over the next month, and then we'll give you a second to tell everybody how to get a hold of you. And thanks, Bain, for that reminder. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, all right, so starting in February, we have a busy schedule, and I think a few things might get added to it. But February 5th through 7th, uh, pretty much everybody on this panel, uh, with the exception of Bain, will be at Manifest February 5th through 7th. Uh, there's going to be lots of activity there, I, uh, lots of podcasts going on, lots of content. Uh, I know we're going to be just absolutely swamped. So if you are going to Manifest, reach out to myself, uh, any anyone on the panel here, if you want to chat with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, love to get together and chat. Uh, I think we'll be largely planted at the Zell Logistics booth uh, at Manifest. We don't have that booth number yet, but we'll get it out to you when we can. So, following Matt's or po following Manifest, we'll be at Matt's uh, March 21st through 23rd in Louisville. <clears throat> we'll be uh, with She Trucking Foundation there. Uh, she Trucking Foundation will have a booth, and uh, we're largely just walking the floor and uh, um, exploring the the conference. So if you're at Matt's, give us a call and, and let us know or reach out. We'd, we'd love to meet with you there. Immediately following Matt's, we are at uh, the TCA annual conference. We have a booth, and a, a large crew will be there. That is March 23rd through 26th in Nashville. Uh, love to meet anyone that's going to be there. Uh, we've been a, a solid partner with TCA for some time now and looking forward to that conference. Then following all of this is uh, uh, the large crew that we have here, uh, Broker Carrier Summit, the place where hundreds of carriers and brokers come together to build meaningful connections and find legitimate players in the industry. At the Broker Carrier Summit, we're on a mission to transform the relationships between brokers and carriers. 
say goodbye to distrust and hello to mutually beneficial partnerships. We believe the key to this transformation lies in fostering open communications, enhancing education and meaningful connections. Uh, early bud pricing is 10% off right now. It's uh, brokercarriersummit.com. And for a promo code, you she trucking one. That's she trucking one. I don't think we have that up there right now, but she trucking one will get you an additional five percent off. Ooh, she's she's on it. So, um, so with that being said, we can wrap this up. Uh, everybody, if you can do a quick uh, quick goodbye and tell us how we can get or how everybody can get a hold of you. So Trey, can you uh, you start that one off? Yeah, definitely on LinkedIn. That's probably the most uh, easiest way to connect with me personally or on social media at Trey Griggs 24. And for our company, betaconsultinggroup.com. Check us out. Thanks a lot, Trey. Jenny? Yeah, so viragomarketing.com, um, we are releasing our uh, second annual industry report. It's a benchmark report for uh, companies within the space that like to benchmark themselves for, for marketing purposes. We'll be releasing that this month. If you'd like a copy of that, you can sign up at viragomarketing.com or shoot me a message at jenny at viragomarketing.com and I'll make sure to get you a copy. Thanks for having us, Nate. Thanks a lot for coming, Jenny. I appreciate it. And Mr. Bain. All right. Well, two announcements. One, the reason I will not be at Manifest is because my granddaughter is due on uh, February 3rd. So I'm not going to be traveling. Papa Baines. Yes, Papa Baines. I will be a grandfather for the first time. Very excited for that. Uh, also, very, very excited to announce. And Nate, I know you're excited for this as well. Uh, starting Monday, the 8th, I will be joining the GLCS crew uh, as a senior consultant. I am beyond excited to partner with the incredible team that you've built, Nate. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. We're going to do some dope uh, stuff. I'll I'll edit myself for a second uh, in uh, in twenty four. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're super glad to have you aboard. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Um, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's going to be my pleasure having you aboard, and and that'll be super exciting. So, absolutely. Easiest way to get hold of me: find me on LinkedIn, Robert Bain, Strong Spain Logistics, or on the social media at Bain three sixteen. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. All right. Stay curious, stay informed, and keep pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Until next time, drive forward with purpose and innovation. Thanks for joining us. Take a little trip. Take a little trip. Take a little trip with me.